I was watching a debate yesterday between Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, the great chief rabbi of England, or should say of the greater of the British Commonwealth. And he was debating Richard Dawkins, the famous uh, scientist who wrote the book, The God Delusion. And essentially, with great respect, Rabbi Sachs was calling Dr. Um, Dawkins a, a, a blasphemer. <laughs> I wasn't exactly saying that. So it got me thinking, of course, about heresy. My own, others. What does it mean to, to blaspheme? What does it mean in our tradition? I know that if you open up this Shabbat's reading, you'll see, you'll see a full panoply, a full spectrum of subject matter. The Parsha will begin with the Kohanim, the, high, the priests who are given uh, an exhortation not to become not to come into contact with death. And yet the Parsha begins with them being given permission to come into contact with death if it is someone whom they loved. And the Parsha will then move its way through various other requirements of being a priest and bringing offerings in the temple, and then it will make its way into the most important part of the Parsha to some degree, which is the cycle of the festivals. And then it will end with a very strange story. And somehow this strange story at the end of the Parsha is connected very deeply with the beginning of the Parsha where priests are told that they are enjoined to take care of those whom they have loved in life when they, when they die. The odd story at the end of the Parsha is the story called the blasphemer. The one who takes God's name and curses God. The Torah tells us, that a son of an Israelite woman whose father was Mitzri, Egyptian, left, went out into the camp, and got into an argument with another Israelite. And the son of the Israelite woman pronounced the name in blasphemy. He pronounced the name in blasphemy. The word Vayikov, our rabbis teach us, is connected to the word Nekev or Nokev, which means to pierce. He pierced the name of God, is the literal translation of he cursed the name. He emptied it of its meaning. He emptied it of its value. He, in some way, shape, or form, he blasphemed by piercing God's name. What does it mean to pierce God's name? What does it mean to empty God's name of its meaning, its value? How can we ever empty that? Rav Cook, in one of his pieces, the great chief rabbi of Palestine, writes that all definitions lead to heresy. 
I have that as a screensaver. <laughs> All definitions lead to heresy. He goes on to write that, of course, in our tradition, the Kabbalistic tradition, we have names for God, as many as maybe our Muslims, brothers and sisters. We have Yat, Svaot, Yudhe, Vavhe, El Shaddai, all kinds of names, nicknames for God. And all of them, Rav Cook writes, are fingers pointing to the moon. He doesn't say that exactly. It's a Zen phrase. <laughs> all of them are means to an end. All of them are not the thing itself. The names are useful. The names point. The names arise from other names and have a special quality. But Rav Kook warns us, says, make no mistake. When you define that which is beyond definition, in the end you will be an idolater. In the end, you will empty the names themselves of their power. To put all of our, our feeling, to imagine that our imaginings can in some way capture the fullness of what that is, that which is beyond all names. So we pronounce names. More often than not, we just say the name. Because, as Leonard Cohen says, we don't even know the name. We don't know the deeper meaning. We don't know. That's what the tradition says. There's always a level at which you don't know. There's always a level at which you don't know God. And so Rashi, when Rashi quotes Vayikov, he says, Vayifaresh. He said the name. He said what it was, and his saying what it was, say the Hasidic masters, was a metaphor, an analogy for each and every one of us in our striving for spirit to allow God to hold as much of reality as God can hold. That to pierce God's name is to let it out. God is only light, so the darkness must not be God. God is only this, and God is only that. God is only Jewish. God is only Christian. God is only transcendent. God is only imminent. The religious wars are full of those heretics who said what God was. The beginning of the Parsha tells us that we are, if we are a Kohen, a priest, who is responsible for the holiest of the holies, the sacred temple, the sacred precinct. Our job is not so full, so pristine, so sublime, so subtle, that if one we loved in our life has passed, we are above it. We are responsible to lift up the life of someone who has given us life. And of course, the theme of death and the theme of loss theme of missing the mark, that theme is inextricably intertwined to some degree with the same mistake that we make vis-a-vis -vis God. We imagine that sadness and joy can't live in the same experience. Mourning is only sad or only happy. We imagine 
that to some degree our hearts are not big enough to hold the contradictions that death and loss place before us. We also imagine that we've exhausted people when we've given them a name. And the Torah says that each and every human being is God's ineffable name. That was Heschel who said that. That line, that each and every one of us is God's ineffable name. So the priest, we imagine in each side, each and every one of us with loss, will stand in shul and say, Glorified and exalted is the great name. And the question, many people come to me week in and week out and say, I don't feel like blessing God. I don't know how I can bless God. I say, you know, I heard once from a teacher that when we say glorified and great be the great name, we're not talking about God. We're talking about the name of the person you are remembering. Great and glorified be the name of that person. What name? All of the names. Beyond all names, beyond all labels, beyond healed or sick, was the potential of that individual in this life. And just as the blasphemer at the end of this week's Parsha, he stuck a hole in God's name and drained it of its potential to hold all of the complexity. When we remember only one part of someone, when we remember only one part of ourselves, we are blasphemous. That is a heresy to end all heresies. One of the greatest stumbling blocks to healing is the identity of the person who is wounded as wounded. When the time comes to move, move beyond, move on, we can become so identified with ourselves as wounded that whatever we see becomes an opportunity to return to healing. Playing with who we are. Who are you? If you answer that I am a mystery, not mysterious, but a mystery, you have honored the name of God that is your birthright. There are yet selves within me that I will discover. There are places yet in me that I will adventure towards. There are places yet within me that only time will disclose. To blaspheme who we could be is to set ourselves as if we are finished. And God says to Moses, I am becoming. I am the unfolding. I am the cycle of the seasons changing in the midst of this Parsha. I am death giving way to life and life giving way to death. I am one song ending and another becoming. I am all of those things. And for you to limit me to anyone is to be a heretic. So in this day and age of those who fight on behalf of God, 
we do ourselves a great service when we stand before the mystery of the universe with a heart and hands wide open. We stand before the mirror of who we could be with infinite possibility. We stand before the memory of a loved one who is no longer with us. And we say, We say, great and glorious were the potentials that you brought into this world. And I vow, I vow to stop all of the holes that I pierce reality with. I vow to make my heart big enough to hold all of your names. <laughs>